Hey there, Zlatko here. Welcome to What Is My Brain podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I get the opportunity to chat with fellow founders and business operators about their journey and how they got to where they are now, where they are going and how they're going to get there. I'm planning on bringing guests and touching on topics such as running multiple businesses, executing ideas, and just spitballing about random topics and current events. It's a casual conversation, and that will hopefully bring value to anyone that decides to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. That's awesome. All right, Andrew, my man, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we're here because you and I have connected a few times. Um, you're running a whole community of marketing folks and you're, you're vetting people, you're connecting people in, in the agency world and you know all that stuff. So that's how we got connected, but um, we've talked a few times after that. So um, introduce yourself, what do you do? And kind of give us whatever you want to give us, man. Do you want to talk about you know how you started, uh, where you're going, what you're doing, how you're doing it? Just go ahead and riff, man, and we'll yeah. just go from there. Cool. Yeah. So I'm uh, Andrew Fisher, founder of Guide Marketing. Uh, at its current capacity, Guide is a network of thousands of vetted freelance and full-time marketers located mainly around the United States, but we have a couple people in Europe and in South America as well. Man, it's been a, a long journey to where Guide is at now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In its current capacity, we are a community of marketers. Uh, you know, there's we have private forums, we have live Q and As, um, we have community meetups, and how we generate revenue is from our job board side. So that's our uh, freelance and full time job board, um, and we charge brands a subscription to basically access this vetted community. So everybody in here is invited. Um, you, you can't just join. You have to go through our vetting process, be referred by somebody else, and then connect directly with us. I would kind of describe it like a, a LinkedIn premium for marketers, uh, both on the freelance oh, and full, full-time side. Yeah. Um, but it's taken a while to get to this point. A lot of different iterations, a lot of different pivots, a lot of uh, massive out-of-our-control situations, including just like a lot of people, a, a global pandemic. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you want, if you want the background, I can, uh, can dive in starting in, uh, <laughs> 2019. Um, well, well, let me, let me ask you what is, I guess, what is your, uh, uh, natural background? Did you come from a marketing, uh, like, are you solving, basically what I'm trying to ask is, are you solving a problem that you had yourself or you just saw a problem in the market where you were just, hey, I need to build something around this. Because you and I off record have talked about, you know, both sides of it, you know, uh, the, the talent and also the, the client. Right. And for us as an agency, it's a little bit different. But um, so let me know about that. What, what you think about all of that and yes. where you come from, from that side of things. So I, I actually have more of a sales background. But okay. as an account executive, as an enterprise AE, as a sales team lead, I was always working in the marketing space, uh, yeah. specifically on the agency side. So okay. it really opened up the understanding of how often agencies, how often brands relied on freelance talent. Um, and I mm-hmm. 
sold at a, a company called Trendkite to one of the larger agencies out there called MSL Group. Uh, okay. Based out of New York, but they have thousands of employees around the world. Uh, and really realized how often they were posting these freelance jobs, how much churn was involved in this, how many different types of roles were involved in this. Uh, so I definitely saw the problem firsthand. And okay. as an account executive, when you sell into something that large, you basically become their client success team as well uh, yeah. and, and really focus and, and, and work with their team. Um, and so specifically with MSL Group and then Edelman, um, I, I went on site got to know their team, their VPs, and I think that's what opened my eyes to the fact that they, you know, even these multi-billion dollar agencies have no idea what the hell they're doing when it comes to recruiting talent. Uh, it's, there's so right. many channels. It's it's a bit of a shit show when it comes to uh, job boards. You know, you can post to LinkedIn, but as anybody that's ever posted a job to LinkedIn knows, you might get 150 applicants and 148 of them are going to have nothing to do with your job. Uh, and so I can, I can vouch for that. I can <laughs> yeah. vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's finding a needle in a haystack. So that's, that's what really opened my eyes to it. And, uh, we definitely started more in the hospitality space. Uh, this was, okay. this was late 2019. Um, just notice how much restaurants were paying these, these agencies to do social media management, uh, you know, basically come once a month and take all of these photos and high quality content of dishes being made and, and making time lapse videos of, you know, start to finish from prepping in the kitchen. And we realized, wow, they're, they're paying these people a ton of money and a, a freelance photographer and a freelance social person could do this for about half the cost. Uh, right, right. And so that's really where it started. It was just uh, a couple of restaurants took a chance on us. I think our first client uh, it was called Hideaway Kitchen. It's like 175 bucks a month. It was just at cost. I worked with a couple of freelancers that were willing to, to test it out. Our theory of connecting freelancers to, to, to the yeah. hospitality group worked out great. Um, by February of 2020, we had gone, you know, this was from October 2019 to February 2020. We went from zero to about 30,000 a month in revenue. So it, we thought we had figured it all out. Uh, <laughs> We were like, wow, this is this is it, man. This is a, uh, yeah, this is free money. Like nobody's nobody's doing this. It's it's crazy. Like there's Upwork and there's Fiverr, but nobody's doing this kind of in person, right? Uh, right. Connecting of freelancers. Um, then March 2020. <laughs> so <clears throat> even our largest clients, you know, we were working with Fairmont, Marriott, uh, and these were the Austin locations of these. But anybody that was in hospitality was just trying to stay alive at that point. So right. we ended up losing about 90% of our revenue within a month. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that had a similar situation, uh, you know, depending on what industry you were in. Uh, but that was kind of the first major pivot where we realized, okay, this probably isn't going to come back anytime soon, you know, relatively speaking. Uh, you know, what industries are going to be COVID-friendly? Uh, Right. At right. that point, definitely not hospitality. It's, you know, we've gotten a little bit into the real estate side. In the very beginning stages, people weren't comfortable with having a photographer or somebody on site, uh, you know, in case they spread something. Um, 
we realized quickly it was direct to consumer uh, that everything could be done remotely. Instead of photography in person, it was going to be studio photography. Um, that's where we really expanded into WordPress, Webflow, uh, you know, building out and designing websites. And so because we had this community of content creators and social managers, they knew other freelancers that did web design, that did studio photography, that did right. media. Um, and so that's, that's where we, uh, expanded into our very first client was a company called Richard's Rainwater. Um, they very cool concept. They collected rainwater in these huge tubs outside of Austin in dripping Springs and created bottled water and sparkling water from rainwater. So it was completely natural. They didn't use any outside sources, but they were just wow. starting out their direct to consumer side. Their VP of marketing took a chance on us. We didn't have we didn't even have a website for this side of stuff yet. Uh, but I built out a really nice Google Slides presentation. Brought in a brought in a couple of freelancers on a Zoom call, and he uh, took a chance on us. And uh, from there, it expanded. We ended up doing about double uh, the revenue in the second half of 2020 than we did in the first half. Um, Wow. And, you know, this is after getting the emergency disaster loan, thinking everything was over um, and realizing there were other avenues to go down there during COVID. Um, right. So that kept going. And, and we did well with that that side, the, the gig economy, essentially, of uh, creating, connecting freelancers to these projects and taking a percentage of it. Okay. What we started to realize as we grew and got to a point of, this is around 100 freelancers in the network that were pretty involved. Um, taking a percentage of projects is, is rough on a freelancer because it's a good amount. You know, you, you look at these Upworks, these marketer hires, Fivers, any of the, the large gig economies, they're taking yeah. 15 to 20% of a single project. Uh, that's, that's a lot of the overhead. Uh, the, the marketer knows they're not going to keep 100%. And a lot of times the brands know they're going to get upcharged a little bit because naturally to make up for that cost, the freelancer is going to charge a little bit extra because you're exactly. that client. So that made us realize, one, it uh, there's a different way to do things. But two, you can think of the, the, the massive gig economies, but then there's a hundred other versions of this gig economy. There's Assemble, there's just anything you can think of in terms of marketers connected via freelance to a brand, somebody's thought of it in every capacity, yeah. whether it be PPC, whether it be web design, you know, top towel is a good example of that. Uh, but there's, there's somebody for everything in that space and everybody is competing on Google ads and all these different places to, to, to come up front. I mean, you can spend 25, $35 on a click just because that space is so competitive and so saturated. That's crazy. Uh, and so that's when we realized there's got to be a different way to do this. Um, so late 2021, you know, this is six, seven months ago. And I think this is the last time uh, maybe we connected about where we were going was brands are hiring at a record pace. It's not just the freelance side. It's the full-time marketing side that is really in demand right now. What if we charge the brands for access to a premium community? 
Um, so we built out a dashboard that you've you know you've been in and, and uh, participated in the community. Um, but yeah. We wanted to create something that gave marketers the advantage. Finally, we, we felt like all of these other platforms were kind of like a big brother. They really focused on okay, we are going to set up this project. We are going to control every aspect of it. We got to make sure we're on every phone call because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we're in charge of invoicing and we don't want anybody circumventing us um, and we want to make sure we get paid. Well, right. we figured a way more natural way to do that was let's charge brands a subscription to access this community. Whatever's closed through that, that's up to the marketer. Right. You know, whatever job they take on, that's between the brand and the marketer. We don't need to be big brother to these people. We want to create the most natural relationship possible because the issue with setting up a phone call where (laughs) you're the middleman is you're basically saying, hey, brand, meet John. Um, I'm going to be on this phone call to listen to make sure that you guys don't circumvent us so that I can. It's like a it's like a blind date with the chaperone. dude. (laughs) That is the best way to put it. I've never uh, I've never thought of it that way, but that's exactly what it is. It's it's somebody kind of sitting at the table next to you being like. Be careful yeah. about what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, we, we created that. Uh, a lot of different iterations, really focused on building it on feedback versus assumption. Uh, I okay. definitely do not have founder syndrome. Neither is my co-founder Brent. We wanted to hear what marketers wanted as resources out, outside of just jobs in this community. You know what. What do you want to talk about? What What's interesting to you to learn about if we're going to set up these live Q&As or, you know, ask an expert or have mentors you can reach out to? Um, and so that's, that's what let we've been building Let me ask you really quickly. Let, let, me, yeah. let me ask you on that part just real quick. I don't mean to cut you off, but no. um, how did you guys go about – so did you use the existing network that you already sort of built up? And what did you guys do? Just send out a forum, be like, hey, guys, like, we just need feedback at this point. Or was it more like, did you start having like individual calls, started to see something and then throw it out there to see if everyone else feels the same way? How did you go about getting sort of that feedback? So one thing I, I believe in a lot is the I'm, I'm old school. So I think a great way to equate it is you can text with somebody back and forth and talk over days or you can jump on a phone call for 15 minutes and accomplish way more in that 15 minute phone right. call. So right. I was way more about and same with my co-founder of actually setting up these calls. You know, we, cool. how many calls have we been on together? But uh, hearing from people on a phone call, they're going to be way more genuine with you. Um, you're yeah. going to get them way they more They don't have involved. time to think about it. They don't have time to like overthink exactly. it. They don't have time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Cool. And you're and you're an actual person on this phone call. You're not just going back and forth via email. You know, I'm Andrew on this call. I am not guide, at, right. you know, as a company. Um, so we tried to set up, I would say between November, 2021 and today, I've had at least 250 phone calls with marketers. Um, so it's definitely genuinely asking their feedback on a call um, and really understanding what resources are most important to you? you know, some people are active job seekers. Some people want to learn the ins and outs of Google Ads. Um, you know, some people just want to know what the salary for a product marketing director is in San Francisco versus living in Austin. You know, if they should make the move and, and asking that anonymously. And so all those different aspects we realize 
we shouldn't just be a job board. You know, the stickiness of this is a, a community aspect, giving people a resource to go to for whatever resource they really need. Um, and so we're, of course, in the very early stages of this, but how we've really set it up is getting these experts in our community, whether it's full-time or freelance, and letting them invite marketers that they think are a great fit. So that's how you've been growing it lately, is just giving people their own custom invite link and having them be ambassadors of guide, um, creating a network of like-minded people that can really use this however they want to use it. Um, and of course, yeah, I mean, we're in the early stages, but I can tell you it was a total pain in the butt to build out a platform <laughs> that has, yeah, you know, yeah. live streaming and, uh, you know, private forums and, and building in our own custom code for job boards. So that took, you know, three or four months to really... I wouldn't say perfect is a great word, uh, but but get off the ground. Yeah. Um, right, right. Uh, and did you guys use something like uh, like uh, Circle? You guys use Circle for that, right? We use Circle, and then Webflow's integrated. We use Airtable, uh, a bunch of different zaps that go to, to Airtable. Digital, uh, digital duct tape, dude. Digital duct tape. Digital duct tape. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if. Uh, especially where the economy is going, it's going to be harder and harder to raise VC dollars at ridiculous valuations. Mm -hmm. People are, are nervous right now. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Y Combinator email that's circulated on all corners of the internet that, uh, you know, it, it, hold on to your money basically is what they're going for, which is, is quite ironic considering they invest millions of dollars into a ton of different companies and <laughs> a little bit of a right, part of right. this, uh, <laughs> this breakdown. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, you know, I think with us, it's in 2022, you can go low, no code and, and build out the same quality that you don't need to go build it on react and custom custom code, everything. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely digital duct tape right now. It's, uh, it's expanding quickly though. We've we've brought on a, uh, a few billion dollar brands that are using us to source talents. Um, you know, we have mentors that are joining from Visa, Apple, Google, some of the world's biggest brands. Um, wow, and we, congratulations, man. That's really awesome. Yeah, we've, we feel like it's, uh, we're onto something. Uh, it's obviously very early. We, we genuinely launched this. I mean, you, you know, you were one of the first people I reached out to, I believe when it was first launched, maybe late, March. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's validating to know that this kind of subscription access to marketing talent works and, and people are willing to pay it because unlike LinkedIn, when you post a job, you're not getting 100 applicants. You're maybe getting six to 10 applicants, but they're all high yeah. quality applicants that are relevant to your job post because we make yeah. sure to send those to the right people and connect with the right people. Um, one big thing we're doing right now is LinkedIn connects. So if you are an expert in our community, you can connect your entire LinkedIn community. And anytime a job is posted in our premium job section, we will look through what you've connected your LinkedIn community. So these are all the, your passive network, essentially. Um, okay. I know you have a ton of LinkedIn connections. I do too. I think I have like 3,800. Uh, so you can basically connect all those people. And anytime somebody's a good fit, we'll request an introduction for you. If you agree to it and you know that person well enough, 
if they score an interview, if they land the job, you get rewarded for making that introduction. So not only do we have this network of thousands of marketers, we have this passive network of tens of thousands of marketers um, that's really helped us expand and, and basically find somebody for any type of role. Um, and so that's where we see the future going is not just creating a community, but incentivizing our community to connect others that they know to, to jobs. They might not be actively looking, but they sure as hell are going to know somebody that's a great fit for a role. Uh, you know, especially like at our level, if you, if you have a, thousands of connections, it, yeah. there's almost a, a definite possibility that somebody in your network, you're going to know that it's a great fit and go, I just saw them post something that said, you know, they got laid off in these, you know, the Netflix or the Bolt or all these companies that are making these massive yeah. layoffs, Carvana, uh, that they can make that introduction and find a job that quickly. So we're not just looking at our current network. We're saying, connect us with people you know. We want our community of experts to, to bring in other experts. Uh, and that's where we see the future going. And there's going to be layoffs in tech. I don't think that's going, it's going to be tough for the next six, 12 months, I think. Um, right, right. But there's always going to be industries that are recession proof and there's going to be companies that thrive under certain conditions. You know, during COVID, look at Zoom, for example. They right. they went 10x uh, during that time. There's always going to be somebody hiring. Um, and that's what we're looking at and making sure that we can help these people that are very talented that, you know, I, I think this is the beginning of a large amount of layoffs, definitely. Um, yeah. And that's why we're yeah. going more the subscription route. We're not a recruiting firm. We're not taking a large percentage of first-year hire or anything like that. Um, so it's a, a cost-effective and very efficient way to, to hire talent. And there's always going to be people looking. And I think especially in the tech industry, on the freelance side, okay, if you're laying off 10, 20% of your workforce, you're still going to need marketing talent. You're still going to need a PPC expert. Yep. And that's where... That's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. You're going to need a yep. Shopify developer that is uh, going to yep. be able to create that, that, that side of things. So regardless of what you're looking for, I, you know, I don't... I, I think we just posted a job for McDonald's, for example. Um I know they had some layoffs recently, but they're looking for a ton of freelance graphic designers. Um, and so right. when one door closes, another opens. And that's why we're focused on both sides. It's freelance and full-time um, and making sure that everybody gets their piece of the pie. I love it, man. I love it. Um, thank you for being so damn thorough about it. That, that was awesome to hear the whole the whole spiel because <laughs> edit, edit, there's, there's a lot that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything that anything I was too in too in depth, edit that out. No, no, no. I think I I, I think it touches on uh, on a lot of points. But uh, my my big question that I've been holding on to is that do you see this now? Oh, well, first let me ask you if you're willing to share how many uh, paid uh, uh, members do you guys currently have? If you want to give me a rough number, that's fine too. Yeah, right now we are at depending on hearing back an email right now that I see in my inbox. Uh, <laughs> I think we're at uh, 17 companies that are on board right now. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So um, it's uh, at anywhere from a, a Series A company to, I guess I won't give away, 
for privacy purposes. But yeah, we have four companies that are either valued at over a billion dollars or uh, or have IPO'd and have a market cap over a billion. Right, right, right. So, That's awesome. And, and uh, what is what is the pricing? Is it it's, is it on the website or do you guys have it kind of just like? No, we're we're totally open oh. about it. So it starts with okay. four fifty a month and then it just scales up depending on how many jobs. Yeah, yeah, posted. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely not geared towards the mom and pop shops of the world. Um, we're not we're not an Upwork, like I said. That's not um, right. it's not really built just for one off. We are looking at brands that are scaling either on the freelance or full time side, um, and you know you can be have a total downturn on one side and, and scale up the other side. I think a lot of these large tech companies that are laying off, you know, a third of their workforce, freelance is going to be a very big aspect to that because there's no W-2, there's no health benefits. You can kind of you know, use it when you need it. Um, and yeah. that's, that's our on-demand aspect. Um, yeah, so it starts, it starts at 450 bucks a month and then just... It's economy of scale. So the more jobs you yeah. have, the the less per job per month it is. Right, right, right. No, I love it. I love it. Um, now, are you planning on at all once you guys, you know, kind of grow this side of it? It seems like an idea that could be easily replicated. Like that could be, you know, hey, let's go into development. Let's go into like really niche like markets like, you know, uh, uh, health industry or whatever these things are. Like where are your thoughts on that? Well, I can tell you, I uh, own the domain Guy Digital for, uh, for for that exact reason. I think uh, I think there is a very powerful aspect to having a community be your engine to recruiting. Um, right. I don't know why people aren't doing it this way. If you think about a standard recruiting firm, the amount of overhead it takes to manually reach out to people to post a LinkedIn job at $50 a day to do all these different things to funnel in all these people when you can build a community that's the entire engine behind sourcing yeah. these referrals. Um, yeah, I mean, I think our eventual goal is you know, we're coming, we're, we're finalizing a, a round right now to, to invest in the communities. We think that's super important. Um, you know, making making the community stronger, having meetups in person, you know, lunches in each of our cohorts in Austin yeah. and LA and San Francisco and, and New York, having powerful mentors and ambassadors and, and having RFPs for agencies that we can drive um, and creating the ultimate dashboard for marketers. Um, and we think we can replicate that to sales, to rev ops, to, to engineering, to customer success and, yeah, and, and kind of have it all be under the guide digital umbrella. Uh, yeah, I've I've definitely thought of that. Given given the U.S. Uh, staffing economy is is valued at one hundred nineteen billion dollars, you, you bet. I uh, I don't think marketing <laughs> I don't think marketing is the end all be all. I and mean, when, when you're when you're when you're talking to uh, to VCs, the their brain goes immediately to okay, how do I get these venture size returns? Uh, you know, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think that's the guide digital pitch for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Now, as you guys were building this, what was one of the biggest like uh, feed, pieces of feedback that you guys received that you were like, "Oh man, mind blown!" Like we didn't even think about this. Oh man, I, I think I think you a lot had, of like one a week, huh? Oh, I have so many. I'd say one major one is 
not being too generalized with your community. So a lot of these Slack channels, part of so just to learn, I, I joined every yeah. Slack channel I could. Uh, yeah. Having a, a space that each kind of person can go into. So you're... Your freelance agency side, you you know you're not, you're not looking for these full time roles. You are a completely different marketer than a product marketing director, for example. That right. is is wondering how the hell do I hire my team? Out? Um, and, and, you know, so I think one thing is building out channels that people can find as a genuine resource. Because if you just have a general discussion and introductions, uh, you know, the basic Slack channels you can think of. Uh, I think that at a certain point, it doesn't provide value to people. Uh, there's a couple large communities, I won't call them out on it, but that have tried to tackle sales, marketing, RevOps, all under one umbrella, and it becomes completely useless to people because they don't care about what an AE has to say about <laughs> providing value right. to a deal when they're... Uh, an email marketing specialist. So I think creating different channels within this community, which is why we focused on marketing. Uh, we didn't want to overdo it too quickly. To be honest, sales is a way easier route to go in terms of the job board. Do you know how many people are looking for AEs or BDRs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think for us, it was realizing, okay, we need to create, and that's what we really started doing. There needs to be an agency channel for agency owners. There needs to be a product marketing channel for product marketers. There needs to be a freelance channel for freelancers that are really focused on these one-off jobs. There needs to be a kind of an ask me anything section where people feel comfortable just going in and saying, what should I be asking hourly for this? Or am I, you know, I'm underselling myself by accepting the salary they're offering, um, creating anonymous channels, um, you know, really building a community because I think where we started was the community is, you know, being totally transparent. We thought, Oh, the community is really only going to be focused on jobs. And then we realized that's not true because yeah. once somebody accepts a job or gets promoted or decides they're happy with their current role, they're done. That's it. There's yeah. no stickiness and, and guide them. Uh, and we're not providing value to these people. Um, and so that's that's where we really started expanding it and, and having mentors. Um, and that was one thing that blew me away is just sending a cold email to these VPs or CMOs of marketing. So many people are open to helping. They, they've been through the trenches. They've been doing this for 20, 30 years, and they're realizing I can give back to people that you know, it could be even a, a director level person that's about to be promoted to VP. It could yeah. be a marketing manager that wants to know what route they should take to get to that level. Um, so I think for us, it was uh, <laughs> realizing jobs weren't the only thing that mattered. Uh, that was the major piece of feedback is build it out to kind of each individual uh, and, and kind of create these channels. And that's the beauty of the, the tool we use is we can create these things called secret groups. So if you, as an agency owner, want an experience as an agency owner, you don't have to join the other groups to be inundated with stuff that doesn't matter to you. You can use this as the exact resource for you. Um, and and I, I just want to say, I, I was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago. Um, it just you saying that with all the extra noise that's around, I feel like people are already are consumed by that through 
social media through you know different like you said slack channels everyone's at least on two or three slack channels at this point so there's already so much extra noise and them immersing themselves into this community that you're building is one of those things where now they're getting even more unnecessary noise so they're like a bubble within a bubble within a bubble like you're going so deep and then you're just you're not getting any value out of it so i just want to say props on thinking about that because I think that's more like a psychological thing than it is actually just, hey, we could just throw everything at them and make them, you know, overwhelmed and all this other stuff just to give them value, which is not even really value just because they're paying us X amount of dollars. So I think it's people, everyone is, I believe, now moving into more of the niche, niche markets. Like niche was like three years ago. Now it's like sub niche, like you're taking it one level deeper almost. And um, so I simply just want to say props on clearing the noise because I know I'm joining part of like some of these communities and I like being able to pick what I want to be part of and what I don't want to be part of. I don't care about finance growth. I'm thinking more like, how do we do like growth hacking? Like how do we both take this into our front? So there's different mindsets. So long story short, good job on, on I, I, like isolating that. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I totally agree. I think there's so many things that are just hitting you from all different directions. Uh, I laughed the other day. I saw this thing on Kickstarter. It, it was a phone that basically looks like a uh, 2005 Nokia cell phone. It's just the most basic uh-huh. thing. And it was about bringing it back to simplicity because everybody's so inundated with all these different apps and all this you know, constant information that it's just nice to focus on one thing. Uh, (laughs) I saw that and and kind of equated it to this that okay because of how we can set up this community you can log in and not have 9 million different things you can log in as an agency owner and and your experience is going to be as an agency owner it's not going to have the different channels Uh, the Q&A's you can join the the, the meetups you can join are going to be focused on that Uh, so yeah, I, uh, <laughs> on my end, that was definitely eye-opening that I, I realized you can't just throw something out there. And I think a lot of these Slack channels are like that, that have these 40,000 people in them. And it's just so much Noise. stuff is irrelevant to so many people. Uh, you know, yeah. there's one group, I'm not, I won't say who it is, but they have 48,000 members in it. And oh. each channel, somebody will ask a question, there'll be one or two responses out of, out of almost 50,000 members because... People are so inundated with other things, they're not focused on what that is. And what would be great is have a, have 300 or 400 people in that specific channel that know exactly what they're talking about. And you exactly. may get three or four responses, but they're going to be relevant. And they're not going to try to sell you on something because yeah. when it gets out of hand, and I think that's the, the invite aspect of our, our community. We don't want to just make it anybody can join. We could have, I, I, you know... We both know it's easy to, to build a community if you don't have any barriers to it. Uh, it's it's right, very easy to right. send sponsored messages on LinkedIn. There's so many different ways to do it. You can mass email through outreach. Uh, so I think for us, it's it, it's way more important to have quality than quantity. Uh, and I think all these channels go after quantity because they're quantity. just looking they're looking to monetize. It. They're hoping yeah. okay, I get I get ten percent of these people to pay us a subscription. Who cares? Uh, I, I'm making my monthly revenue. Um, that uh, and those people that are that built the community aren't even really active. They're just kind of letting everyone else speak the noise, yeah, they and they're not care. even active. Yeah, they're moderating exactly. to they're moderating to make sure you don't circumvent them, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, and that 
that doesn't matter to us. We want to build something that people won't feel the need to see. Uh, again, we're so early on, but I think way too many people have this idea in their head that, okay, I thought of this. I'm going down this exact channel that I thought of. Uh, I It's founder syndrome. And I think we're just like, okay, let's hear what people have to say because if you build something that people genuinely love to use, then you're you're going to be successful uh, as a result of that. Yeah. And how many freelancers on your on your platform at the moment? We're at about 270 freelancers. Um, okay. Those, every single one of those freelancers, <laughs> either Brent, my co-founder, or I have had a phone call with us, uh, just like we did when we, when we first joined. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that that's again, that's the focus. I mean, we could have... I could join these freelance Slack channels and, and post something out and send an invite link. But uh, our goal is to find the best of the best. So when somebody posts a website project, uh, you know, we, we send them three web designers that have the exact experience they're looking for versus them going on 15. Upwork and, yeah, and, and going through 178 that are uh, yeah. coming from all different angles and most, you know, Again, that's kind of going back to the getting inundated from all different angles. Um, yeah. Works the same for a brand. I, I think almost every single person would rather have five people that are an absolute great fit than 150 people that are all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what do you think on your end has been the uh, tough, toughest part about building the community in terms of where you when you guys started in like t- late 2019 to like getting to this point? What was the what, what was like the toughest part that you guys just had to hammer away at for a while? I would say the hardest part in the beginning was and this is this is a recommendation I give to anybody starting an yeah. agency or anything is it's okay to take on work for less in the beginning if you can um, prove out your quality. So one of the first brands we brought on, this was in the, the, the post-COVID uh, time, was Aston Martin. We mm-hmm. did their F1 video. I didn't take a single margin from that. We worked with the freelancers in Austin because that's where the F1 race was. We did their unveiling of their car the actual f1 race uh with max Verstappen, um did that did that whole thing uh and did it at cost but the whole deal was we were willing to do it if they did a testimonial if we were allowed to use their logo um and i think that builds validation so that was yeah. that was the first step it was like richard rainwater is a great product but 99% of people don't know what Richard Rainwater is unless you live in Austin, Texas. Uh, and of course, you're right of course. Uh, everybody knows what Aston Martin is. Uh, it's the James Bond car. So I would right. say that that was like the, the, the eye-opening moment. Is as soon as we got that, it was a lot easier to pitch brands on it, to pitch marketers on it, because they were like, oh, crap, they're working with a Aston Martin. globally renowned brand. Um, so that was the first step, is realizing... It's not as important to just go after money in the beginning. It's to prove yeah. out your your business. Um, from there, the hardest part was, I mean, pitching something on a community without a community existing, it's pretty tough. Um, right. Luckily, we have a sales background, both Brett and I, so I think that was a big part of it is we kind of know how to hook people in. Um, and, and 
we're real human beings, so we want to hear what you're looking for. And once people let their guard down um, and and open up, that's that's a big part. So I I mean personally, I don't, I'm not a community expert by any means, but if you're going after quality of your community, you're on the phone calls. You're just a you're just a other person on a computer. Otherwise, you're just the other end of the message right. chain or another end of an email. Once you connect with somebody, they are going to be totally, whether it's brutal or not, they're going to be honest. Uh, but it's good to get the brutal honesty. I, I, uh, I don't think it's bad to be shit on from time to time. It brings you down to earth and makes you realize, yeah. oh, what I thought was that was totally dumb. Uh, there, there's a totally hum- different humility, way to look at dude. This. Yeah, humility, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, you gotta, yeah. You, you got to eat it sometimes and just realize you're not, you were totally wrong about something. And like, yeah. I'm not a, I'm, my background isn't in marketing. Who is going to know more, me or a, a marketer that's been in the industry for 20 years, that's been a part of 10 other communities? I'm going to listen to them. Um, right, right. And that's only going to happen via phone call. So I would say that was the hardest part in the beginning. It became easier as we got more and more people to join because then there was validation. And then once the community is built, of course, they, there's like an actual dashboard they can log into and they realize this isn't like LinkedIn spam <laughs> or, you right, know, right. or email spam. <laughs> uh, but I think that's where it got, got easier. But yeah, I mean, I guess my uh, my advice to any agency or, or freelancer is, you know, this is, you don't have to do it through Upwork. If, if you have the talent, it's okay to make a sacrifice in the beginning if you can get the logo or, or, or get the large brand or whatever it is that validates mm-hmm. your work. We uh, can't just jump in and expect to to make a ton of money out of the gate by by not having proof of concept or, or validation. So I don't know. That, yeah. that was definitely the hardest part in the very beginning was was realizing, you know, especially me. I mean, post COVID, I'm here on scraps just barely yeah. surviving um luckily my girlfriend at the time wife now was was very supportive but uh you know that was risky it was like okay this yeah. project with aston martin could have been way bigger i mean it could have been triple the cost you know could have made a big margin on it uh but i wanted to make sure we wanted i wanted to make sure there was no doubt you know that's that's how i pitched it was i'm not taking anything on this i want you guys right. to be it the driver of my business. I'm so confident in these freelancers, these video editors and social managers. Uh, It's that confidence, dude. It's that confidence. Everyone appreciates that when they hear it, you know, and especially when you execute on it, it's like a double stamp that, um, I mean, they literally gave you their stamp, like literally gave you their stamp. Yeah, it was was definitely nerve wracking and and just being like, (laughs) yeah, I was was totally transparent and honest. Like I was like, yeah, we went down to nothing after COVID and you guys could help fuel our business. And I'm willing to do all of this at, at, at cost. Uh, so, uh, and it worked out. Awesome. I mean, and we got to keep their, you know, they, they po- ended up posting that video to their global social media account, which I think has like you know, 12 million followers. And so that oh, was, wow. it, it wasn't even that we had to keep the video on our site. We could just say, go look at, at Aston Martin's Instagram and, and you right, can see it for right, yourself. Right. Uh, so, right. uh, yeah, that was definitely like the the turning point of going from <laughs> completely broke <laughs> on my ass to okay, there's something here. That's awesome. Well, I love it, man. I love the I love the grind. Um, and, and that takes me kind of to where does the entrepreneurial 
spirit come from that you have now? Did you always kind of feel like you were going to go off on your own or did you just kind of branch out and you're like, oh, this is me? Like, did you know it before or did you figure out when you started it? I would say I am the most <laughs> prepped for entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial world as possible. My major in college was entrepreneurial management. Started a company in college. The About three months after college, I joined a company uh, as their head of sales called Drop Shades. It was okay. glasses. You know the Kanye West stunner shades that he used yeah. to have? It was those glasses that had EL wire going up them, and they went up and down to the beat of the music. Uh, okay. sounded, like, sounded like this, the dumbest concept, right? But my college roommate was an engineer, so with a 9-volt battery attached to the side of these Kanye West stunner shades and EL wire, he made the first prototype. We scrapped together our money, put it on Kickstarter, tried to raise 15 grand, raised right under 100K on Kickstarter. Oh, uh, shit. Then we had to figure out all the rest after that. Uh, the molding, you know, getting it all in case so people didn't get shocked. Um, yeah. And as part of the video, what really helped was we went to EDC, Electric Daisy Carnival yeah. in Las Vegas. And Avicii wore the, the shades. Uh, huge electronic artist, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Away, but uh, that just fueled it. People saw Michi in the, in the video and were like, holy crap, okay, it's got to be legit. <laughs> it was just nice to let us into his trailer for like three minutes. Uh, That's <laughs> awesome. How did, you get, how did you get connected with him? So we we knew a DJ out in Las Vegas uh, that was connected to EDC. Um, and so they were like, you're gonna, you know, we'll, we'll bring you backstage. You've got a couple minutes to go into this trailer and, and convince them. And we were just... We were, we were so nervous because part of the time, because at this point they weren't encased in the glasses, they'd give you a little shock on your nose because these were just oh. like the, 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 the manual versions of this. And so we were like, oh man, how are we going to do this? And luckily, for like, you know, he wore them for all of maybe 30 seconds and was like, did, did a little head rock with them. So we had that in the video and we took them off and we were like, thank God it didn't shock him. Uh, You're like, so, yeah. can, I, can I have you signed the liability form yeah. please before you put those on? <laughs> we're like, this is like, and we're all, you know, 21, 22 years old meeting a global superstar DJ and we're like, oh no, this could, this could go uh, one of two ways. He was super nice, super cool. Uh, yeah. So that that worked out, um, and I think that was like my first real taste of it. Was we got to go back the next year? I spent a couple of weeks in Vegas at that point, which is feels like two years anywhere else. Uh, and we sold them to <laughs> what we a sold, good point. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. After a, the, Vegas is a seventy-two hour town for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah at max but yeah we ended up selling them to, to edc the next year so they had the edc logo on them uh oh shit. sold sold quite a few pairs to them um and so that was my first realization like this is way better than just having like a normal Working. job yeah uh <laughs> but you know of course it's light up sunglasses so they're not this isn't a uh i didn't drive off with a ferrari at the end of this uh right right anywhere close uh so went back to the real world for a little while, but just always had the edge for it. My dad started his own company in his mid twenties, um, so I think that was a big part of it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just uh, you had the hustle. 
Yeah, I think they're a great. Uh, there's a Bill Burr stand-up where he talks about you know. There, there's the that guy's a legend, that, by the way. Legend, but he talks about you know being in the stable job and, and and sleeping in a bed with this life he never planned, and you know all these different things. He, was, he talks about he was a 30 year old on the couch, uh, just sleeping on couch surfing, going to other people's places, and saying. But I was going after what I loved, and you know who's in right. a better spot. And he said, "I'd always rather be that person on the couch." And I heard yeah. that and thought, "Damn, I, I totally agree with that." Because hell yeah, there has to be that mindset that you have to be willing to live life like other people wouldn't be willing to do, to eventually live life like they can't. Uh, wow, and I think that's wow. uh, I think that's how you have to have. If, if that's your mindset, then you you should start your own company. You should be an entrepreneur. That's, that's where your brain goes that you're not comfortable with the stability of. You have to be uncomfortable constantly. Like you have to constantly be uncomfortable. Yeah. And and yeah, it says roller coaster. I mean, five days ago, top of the world, then, you know, something bad happens. It's that's, that's the thing of if you own your own companies, it's just the ups and downs are so great. Uh, my co-founder has a, a great way of looking at things. You can go to to work and three days you feel like everything is worth it and two, it's not. You can hit that majority then keep going. Um, yeah. I'm definitely there. I'm definitely at least three or four days out of the week that I am <laughs> I am totally for it. Um, and Hell yeah. Hell it's yeah. not for everybody, Hell but uh, yeah. I, you know, and we're, we're of course in the early stages, but we think we're on to something and uh, we've been through a lot and it's uh, it's you like you're saying. It's constantly being uncomfortable. It's not like the gig economy side did bad. We generated quite a bit of revenue through that side. It was just seeing something that people weren't doing and thinking, why isn't anybody doing it this way? Um, and I think yeah. that's yeah. that's getting out of your comfort zone again. And <laughs> I don't know if my wife was super stoked when I said that, but <laughs> you know. Here we are, and uh, I think she's I think she's happier now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's awesome, man. I love that. I love that story, dude. Um, well, uh, I say thank you for sharing all of that. That was awesome. Um, anything else you want to cover? Anything you guys are releasing? Anything you want to you know say in terms of of, of where guide is going? If you're willing to share anything, uh, we're coming up on the hour, so I, w- I don't want to keep you too long. So I just want to make sure that. Uh, you had the yeah. time and space. Yeah, I would say the uh, the big thing for us is as we've been raising this money is we definitely are, are looking for ambassadors uh, to guide. It's it's going to be a paid program. Um, we want people to be involved and have skin in the game. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's the next step here is is creating kind of instead of going after community managers, people that are ambassadors to either different cohorts, whether it be by location or marketing function, um, to really help engagement stay up, build the community naturally, not by ads or anything like that, but just Mm -hmm. by natural invites. Um, You know, that's where we're going. And we are creating a way, I think our referral program is gonna be a way that people can make real money uh, and kind of create that that internal referral program that people are used to at working at a company and saying, bring a friend in here. Uh, and you know, after they stay for three months, you get paid out X. Yeah. 
we want to apply that concept to, to all these marketing jobs. And, and yeah. because of our margin on the, the, the subscription side, we believe we can do that. So uh, I, I'd say those are the big two things that are coming out is our referral program and the ambassador program. So anybody that's interested in that, it's Andrea Guide Marketing. Just mine <laughs> and the website. Shoot me an email and let's chat. I love it, man. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, oh, I was going to, last question I wanted to ask you. How big is the team now? Is it just you and your co-founders still or do you guys have a few people? We have a CTO now uh, and then we have okay. two part-time folks. Uh, so it's, nice. I guess if you're counting everybody, there's five of us now. So it's, That's it's awesome. a little larger than last growing? time we spoke. Yeah, yeah. I, are you guys I, I, planning we, on? Yeah, after this round, we're definitely planning on um, hiring both on the marketing side and on the community side. So um, we're about two thirds of the way done with the raise, uh, <laughs> with uh, you know, I would say, of course, every time somebody tells you it's going to be two weeks to get a check, it's four weeks to get a check. So over yeah, the next yeah. uh, two to three months, I think that's when we're going to start expanding. Um, but yeah, with that uh, with that technology duct tape, we I think we can go a long way with our current CTO, but we definitely want to expand on the marketing and community side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, uh, as as I always say, I'm I'm very very amazed at what you did, and I know you had to pivot a few times. And so, uh, props on sticking with it. Props on being okay with being uncomfortable, because I think that's what's going to continue to grind the hustle and and keep going. So, uh, props on everything you're doing. Uh, thanks for always inviting me to the community. And uh, I know I haven't been very active just because I'm not in the in the market right now. We're trying to do other things over here, but. Um, I appreciate it, man. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast. And uh, um, where do you, I don't know, do you connect with people like LinkedIn, Twitter? What do you prefer? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is a, is an easy one. Just Andrew yeah. Fisher, look up guy marketing. Connect with me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I would say with the 100 uh, LinkedIn connections you get a week, I'm at least using 95 of those. So, so, oh, so there you go. Man. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate it, brother. And we'll be uh, connected. And thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Well, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning into What Is My Brain podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got some value out of it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button to get notified when new episodes are live. I'm out. Thank you.